0: Welcome back, friends. Welcome, welcome. It's like I'm just still in the Easter, kind of like Easter just happened, so I'm just so tired.
1: (laughs) I feel like Easter happened for me on my Instagram and not in real life because we were... Had all these high hopes for things we wanted to do this weekend, and we all got sick, because daycare brings home a cold.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You know, it's starting to be spring, but then it's like these spring colds happen. Yeah, it sucks.
1: I don't like it. It wasn't bad enough where, where like, of course, the baby just, baby, I shouldn't call him the baby, because he just got a big boy haircut, and he looks uh-uh. like five, and I'm uh-uh. crying, and I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, anyway... He wasn't, like, phased by it as much as, like, oh, we were just exhausted. And he just decided to start, like, talking up a storm. And so it's, like, never-ending noise.
0: Never-ending noise. <laughs> <laughs> I think because a lot of us haven't gotten sick with just, like, a normal cold in over two years, two and a half years. It, like, getting a cold is, you know. It, yeah. It's like a yeah. Lot. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I'm happy to hear that he transitioned well into being sick and then getting better because this is our part two transitions. Remember, we had said to you... At the beginning of the month, that we could just have a whole episode on transitions from high school Uh and to Uh be. Exactly. And that's what we are doing today. So for the most part, transition plans are part of the IEP and they must be part of the IEP by at least age 16. And I say at least because in California, you can start them or, or anywhere really as early as the age of 14. And really, the goal is to prepare the child for life after high school. Right.
1: And I know that, like, in our last kind of episode of this, we talked a lot about transitions from one program to another, Mm -hmm. transitions from one school to another to, um, you know, elementary school to middle school, middle school, to high school, all of that. And so there's a lot of different ways you can kind of define what is a transition. And we talked a lot about those transitions of, like, New things, new schools, new programs, new school year, all of that. We talk about that, those transitions, it's more of a loosely based, like, this is a transition as in we're going to a new thing. And you might have like an informal transition plan for those transitions. But when Mm -hmm. we talk about the like legit transition plan as defined under the IDEA, you're going to actually have a section in your IEP called transition plan. That transition planning is what we're going to talk about today. And that's the transition from high school or from an IEP to beyond.
0: Right. So that can include college, but it doesn't just include college. It can also include transition to a job, additional life skills. And Uh oftentimes when we... So I guess let's back up a little bit. So there's a couple different ways that a kiddo can exit high school. A child can exit with a diploma. That means that they have all the credits to graduate with. And then within diplomas, there's different diplomas. But let's just say (laughs) we'll, we'll have another episode for another day. So there is the option of exiting with a diploma. And then there's also the opportunity for a kiddo that is on this track pretty early on to graduate with a certificate of completion. And a certificate of completion doesn't necessarily need to have any amount of credits or anything like that in order to obtain it. These are for our kiddos that we often see are in the mod severe track. So by freshman year, they're already kind of on this special day classroom, self-contained classroom where they're working on daily living skills, Money, those kind of things. Although they are uh-huh. exposed to some academics or even maybe electives with the uh-huh. general education peers, <clears throat> for the most part, they are not in the general education classes uh, right. or obtaining. I, mean,
1: I just want to remind our listeners I believe we had an episode a while back. Before. Yes. Maybe we can put it in our show notes by the difference between certificate of completion and graduation track. And I'm sure we'll have another episode on it because we could talk for hours on this topic. Mm -hmm. So please know that there's no one set path of like, if you have these needs, you have to be on this path. We have had kids on multiple and it just depends on their individual needs. And your program is going to be different. doesn't necessarily need to be different depending on what track you're on, diploma or certificate. So please reference that episode for like differences. Um, The transition plan needs to be there no matter what track you're on.
0: Absolutely. And you are working at a specific outcome, right? So if college is the outcome, if independent living is the outcome, if it's going to be, you know, that you're continuing working on it in a transition program, that's the outcome. And basically you have specific goals, just like the IEP, Mm -hmm. and then services that will help you achieve those goals. So the transition plan, it can be pretty hefty. More often than not, we see them be very
1: cursory,
0: like, right? Like they're not specific, they're vague. So
1: many times Mm -hmm. I see a kid who's in high school, and I look at their record, and they're, you know, 16 or older, and there's so little information. It's like, they someone had a brief conversation with the student to say what do you want to do after high school and they said i want to be a police officer or i want to go to college or i don't want to live on my own or whatever it is and that's like all that's in there remember that like if the transition plan is having goals in it Mm -hmm. we need baselines for those goals and what's the best way to get baselines is by assessment whether it's informal assessment or an actual standardized testing measure ideally you want this transition plan Planning to really come from a true estimate of the student's needs and in this case also wants and desires because if the student is already saying, I don't want to go to college Mm -hmm. or I do want to go to college those wants, desires need to be included because this is not just talking about school, but this is talking about what they're going to do. So just kind of the starting point really should be, but we often see that there's never been an assessment. Maybe Mm -hmm. there was just a brief conversation. And so whether or not we have a hefty transition plan or not is really going to depend on where do we start.
0: And although, depending on the child, we encourage always that the child be part of their IEP, by this point with the transition plan, the child does need to be involved. You cannot have an appropriate transition plan without the child's input, whether it be the post-secondary goals or even just like the types of services, right? And that's something important that I think When we're looking at the like interests and things like that, you know, oftentimes, you know, if the child wants to be like a vet, right, veterinarian, Uh but they don't have any of the academic classes. It's almost like they put that in there, but they don't really have a deep conversation about the I don't even want to say the likelihood, but if the child isn't prepared for that, it's not fair for you to tell the child, "Okay, well, this is what we're going to work for, because you're just essentially setting the child up for failure. And so you really want to have a truly, you know, deep conversation about what it is realistically now. With that being said, obviously, our reality of what child potential is going to be a lot different sometimes in the schools, but I'm saying that there's very specific examples of low cognitive ability kiddos that have these really lofty goals and the teams just put it in there, but you're doing the child a disservice. Like this transition plan needs to work for you and you being the child. Right,
1: and it should be individualized just like everything else in the IEP and what I would hope that a transition plan would include and the members that are creating it is look at, does this child have a lofty goal that we think maybe realistically being a vet isn't going to happen? Because being a vet has requires a lot of schooling. And if academic challenges exist, then yeah, is it going to be possible for this child? Or is it going to be very, very difficult causing a lot of frustrations for everyone? Well, okay, let's look at alternatives rather than what this is what i see a lot Mm -hmm. if they say well this requires too much schooling being a vet isn't gonna so like we'll encourage them to do some like volunteer work with animals but we're gonna push them to get a job at the grocery store well step back a second and say when a child says they want to be a vet what is it that they're wanting to do there and maybe you even ask them like why do you want to be a vet right most of the time, it's going to be, I want to help sick animals, or I want to help mm-hmm. animals. I want to mm-hmm. be around animals. Maybe they love animals. Well, what are other jobs? Could mm-hmm. they become an assistant, some mm-hmm. kind of receptionist in a vet's office? Mm-hmm. Maybe they could even, you know, be some kind or of like, assistant. maybe uh,
0: like a dog grooming, work- like dog grooming, or like pet grooming. Right. Like, that is also... Or even
1: work at a stable, working with... Yep courses Mm -hmm. and doing you know something along those lines like there's so many jobs and I think this is where we get into with any kiddo right is the idea that there are like set jobs out there that We instill in kids, even at an early age, when Mm -hmm. we look at the books that we're reading, what are the jobs out there, right? And it's Mm -hmm. firefighter, policeman, Mm -hmm. teacher, vet, doctor. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about how there are so many different unique jobs out there that if we were to look a little bit deeper, there's so many options. And so the transition plan is really supposed to look at how can we help this child, this student, discover maybe if a vet isn't realistic, are there other jobs in their community or even nearby that may be unique that we didn't think about before? Maybe right. they didn't think about because they didn't know existed, right? Yep. There's so many jobs that most people don't know exist, but we yep. do. And let's dive deeper. And I think that's the problem I see with a lot of these transition plans is yep. we often are like, We're going to create a goal to have them go discover and have them do some research on what are alternatives to being a vet. Well, maybe they need a little guidance. I mean, it
0: could be a little Uh, handholdy. It's fine. You know, like I feel like they make it seem like, oh, well, we're just, you know, you're going to look up this stuff of what it entails. Or even so there's four areas that you can have. You can have the vocational training, you know, potentially learning a trade, a post-secondary education. You know, if you want college, community college, whatever jobs and employment and independent living. So w- within those we tend to see the same types of goals. It's like, "Oh, child wants to live on their own. We're going to have them research uh-huh. and it's like, okay. You can do that, but you can also kind of, you know, guide them. It it needs to be, you need to have, you know, a point of action. If they really want to go to college, they're going to the college fair and they're not just, that's not just the goal, go to the college fair. they need to have a specific measurable way to ensure that the child maybe had to go up and speak to three or four different campuses that are at the college fair. Now, this is important. I feel like sometimes they just ignore the entire IEP that the, transition plan is attached to if self-advocacy uh-huh. is already an area tie the two goals together <laughs> like right like right like right. okay we're already working or, on this or
1: mm-hmm. in the alternative if self-advocacy is very difficult and they require assistance with a lot of things they do in a certain area don't have the goal for the transition plan to be independent because right, right. i think we've jumped to that yeah. of like well in the real world they're gonna have to be independent yeah well maybe not right yeah but what their needs are what their abilities are let's not have a goal that is unattainable for this individual student
0: right i think that's another area it's the services is just they just don't provide any services, right? And it's just like this is still an IEP and these are still goals that require some types of services. So yeah, if they need somebody to go with them, then that needs to be provided for in the IEP.
1: And I think that's how we determine because I can't tell you how many transition plans I've seen where the offer a fake page includes sixty minutes for the year of one awareness. And it's like that's the standard that every kid gets when they meet with their guidance counselor to talk about their future. How about we add in additional services for kids if maybe they do need a little bit more help investigating what are some options and maybe they need to go through not just like kids in SCC classes. I think sometimes like when they're like in 12th grade and stuff, they'll go through in their classroom sometimes like yes. if they're in a, a vocational class like, how to apply on a job application, do some of that stuff, but it's so general that, you know, maybe some individualized one-on-one services for here, and And it wouldn't necessarily be traditional SAI.
0: Right, and that's where the goals come in, right? Like, once you have those set up, like, are we looking at Specialized instruction, even more so. What about related services? How about community experiences? Just like we were talking about, like sometimes it's baked into the classroom, but like the child may need more, right? The Mm -hmm. career in college counseling, right? or just in general help with like daily living skills. And I think that a lot of those self-contained special day classrooms are like, we're already doing it in the classroom. We'll get curious about it. Like what specifically are you doing? Maybe the child needs more. And that's where we're talking about it because their goals and their transition plan relate to it. So that's an area that you can kind of push the team to do more on. And then you wanna start thinking about other activities. I very rarely ever see opening up a bank account. Right. Like, you know, we'll see the plan and shop for groceries because, again, baked into the special day class. But what if the child isn't in a self-contained special day class for a majority of the day? When are they getting that information? Right. Or
1: even like stuff like budgeting. Like when we think about that, like foundational or vocational like math skills and even reading and writing skills I think what's missed with our kiddos that may be on a diploma track oftentimes then the transition plan is solely focused on let's do college awareness example, what college we're applying for let's actually do the application and let's apply for FAFSA and all of that but it's like just because a student's on a diploma track doesn't mean that they've already mastered vocational and self-help skills they may still need right. to learn like just because, like we talk a lot about kids that are on certificate tracks still have the right to have academic yes. learning the same goes for students that are on diploma tracks. They still have a right to vocational learning if that's their individual need. Yep. So, yeah, opening a bank account, budgeting, Using knowing how public to. Public transportation,
0: knowing how to book an appointment for the dentist, for the doctor. I very rarely see these things in anybody's transition. And this is part no. of daily living skills, holding right. a calendar or, you know, uh, being able to schedule a calendar.
1: These and are frankly, important. I would say that most. In high school, probably would benefit from these services. And I think what may happen is you get an IEP team that says, well, every 18-year-old is going to have to learn to open a bank account and advocate for themselves at a doctor's appointment, schedule a doctor's appointment, do all this. And like I hear all the time, oh, well, teenagers, like every teenager in my class, like needs help with right. that. And it's like, okay, cool. cool. But they don't have this an is IEP being taught in school. Right. And this right. is an IEP. And it's not like every 17-year-old in this high school is being taught it in some class, because it's not. So when we look at what are the individual needs of these students, if they're transitioning from high school, especially to college or a vocational school or whatever they may be, do they have the skills that we would expect an 18-year-old? And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about expectations in general, what we should be expecting, not what we might see some current 17-year-olds being able to do or not do because that's not the standard.
0: Yeah. And as we round out this discussion, I think one of the other things that gets left out of the transition planning and then is kind of just, it either is just like talked about and it's just like they're reading from a script and like parents aren't really thinking about it is the transfer of ed rights. So the educational rights Uh of the child become the child's when they turn the age of majority 18. So sometimes you'll get a script at 16 oh you know this is we have to give notice to the child that hey it's it's the rights are you become yours at 18 it's just like you know do you have any questions and it's like uh but I think that's something worth for parents to start thinking about because there's so many factors of being able to continue to help your child If your child doesn't have the cognitive understanding to even have or take over their educational rights at the latter end. And there's been a lot of Uh controversy and conversation about limited conservatorships or conservatorships in general, I should say, because of Britney Spears. What we are talking Uh about in uh, very limited instances are limited conservatorships that apply to children that have a disability before they are the age of eighteen, so typically I think it's Probate Code fourteen twenty, and it lists out you know if you it lists out a couple, but it does it's not like an exhaustive list. It's like autism, cerebral palsy, intellectual disability. You know if you have one of those prior to eighteen a limited conservatorship is like up your alley. It's not the grand kind of scope of a conservatorship that we saw with with Britney Spears. It's limited to seven powers. We have a whole podcast that we've talked about limited conservatorships, but I just wanted to throw it in here as well. Depending on again the cognitive levels of your kiddo, maybe a power of attorney. That's something that a lot of people deal with. A lot of times it's yeah. naturally provided to people that are in a marriage, you know, the one gets incapacitated, the spouse has the power to make certain decisions. So when you have a child that is able to understand what a power of attorney is, And maybe they just kind of don't want to deal with it, right? Maybe they have severe ADHD and they still need help kind of organizing things and they go, mom, can you please be my power of attorney to continue coming to these IEP meetings with me and make that decision for me? So that's something else that I think gets kind of glossed over. That's important for parents to kind of start thinking about once they start getting into the transition planning. Again, that should start at 16 and be part of the IEP But yeah, I think that, you know, that was something important we want to talk about right before the end of the year where mid April, those IEPs are happening, those transition IEPs Uh are happening. If you guys have any questions, you know, you can send us a direct message, go on our website and send us a message via there or on Instagram or Facebook. If you, you know, we can try to help as best as we can. Obviously, we are a lawyers, we're not your lawyers, but we do appreciate when you do um, ask us questions because, as Amanda had yes. said too, we've been doing a lot of the reels and stuff like that. So, whatever we can answer with general advice, we will provide that. But hopefully, this kind of gets your brains starting to think about what it is that you need and how you can go about requesting certain things in the transition ieps
1: or transition and just when in doubt trust your gut if you think it's appropriate for your child ask for it there is no harm in asking
0: absolutely all right well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week bye bye